0: Welcome to Divine Downloads. I'm your host, Cassandra Bodzak, and this is the show where we help you divinely design your life. And today's episode is near and dear to my heart because we are talking about mediumship and connecting with loved ones who are now in spirit. And I know many of you know about my Grandma Joan passing and how much of a profound effect that has had on me and uh, my spiritual journey connecting with her on the other side. And I'm so excited to introduce you to Linda, who has been such a pivotal part of that journey. And for those of you who are curious about mediumship, curious about what it's like to connect with loved ones in spirit or how you can begin that journey, this is the episode for you. So my guest Linda Hughes is a psychic medium from Scotland who helps people all around the world connect with their loved ones in spirit and find ways to positively move forward with their life after loss. Her reading style blends powerful validations from people in spirit along with intuitive life coaching and psychic insight bringing through names, places of significance, personality descriptions, and details of your departed loved ones. Her mediumship abilities offer comfort, healing, and connection to those she reads for. And I can speak for that in spades. Um, Linda is also passionate about helping others develop their own intuitive abilities and regularly hosts online workshops and courses on mediumship development and how to receive your own personal signs from the spirit world. Well, without further ado, let's dive into this juicy conversation.
1: Linda, I am so excited to finally have you on the podcast. I wanted to have you on the podcast for a couple years now, I think, actually, since we first met. Um, and I know I've told you a lot about Linda in the intro, but one of the very personal things for me was that Linda was the first person to, um, that helped me communicate with my grandmother after she passed and I was recommended her through a girlfriend of mine who had also connected with a loved one through Linda. And it was just such, you know, being in such a vulnerable state of grief and being someone that's always been really open to all of this kind of magical stuff. I had actually never been to a medium, but, and I didn't know what to expect and I obviously was, you know, had a lot of hope in my heart and Linda, Linda's session, and I've done several sessions with her since then, um, just really was so comforting, so mind-blowing, uh, some of the things that came through that, you know, my grandmother said through Linda, um for those of you who haven't ever had a mediumship session, one of the things that kind of happens is that your loved one that's trying to communicate will kind of give examples of things that either only you would know of, or that are really personal. Like there's no way Linda would have ever known any of this stuff about my grandmother. Right. So that it's like an affirmation that she's on the line, right. That we have, we're talking to the right person and just that alone like even if even if it stops there is just so affirming because i think i know everyone that's listening to this is super spiritual and they're open to all this stuff right and it's so different i think to go from that place of really believing that you know we transition out of the body and we are you know in our spirit form um and feeling that but then really having a concrete example of it and having that connection is just i don't know it's a gift that i i think everyone should give themselves so welcome linda <laughs> and um let's kick off with how did so how did you start talking to dead people <laughs> spirits right how did this start <laughs>
2: Oh, thank you for such a lovely introduction, Cassandra, and um, I just wanted to touch on something actually, just while you were talking, you spoke there about how you first met me and you came for a session when you were really in the throes of grief around your grandmother's passing, Um, and I like to think of myself as a medium, um, not as somebody who rather talks to the dead, but somebody who helps the living, (laughs) Um, but you know, it is um, it is a, a real mixture of both and I think when we can get that communication and we can get those validations you were talking about where we're touching on really personal details that, you know, we couldn't find on Google, we couldn't see on your social media, we couldn't research anywhere, it, it can really give us a whole new level of confidence in our lives when we get that validation that we exist beyond physical death i think um you know so much of our fear that we hold through life that holds us back and stops us from doing things really is deep rooted in that fear of um you know the the immortality of our life and if we knew that we were going to be okay how many more you know chances and opportunities would we take and create for ourselves so um it's it's really a lovely thing that i am really proud that i I'm able to bring that forward for people Um, but it really started Cassandra when I was very young quite a lot of mediums will tell you the same thing it's something that I always was aware of at a young age but in uh, truth it terrified me Cassandra (laughs) so I can imagine It's something, we always sort of joke that I'm this medium that, that does communicate with people that have passed, but I sleep with the whole light on still and I'm 45 and I still sleep with the whole light on. And it's because of all those childhood experiences that I had um, where I would be lying in my bed in the middle of the night and I could hear footsteps in the hall, I could hear noises, I could sense people around. Um, so we had a lot of activity in my house growing up. And I remember being 14, and my mum um, asked a medium to come to the house to investigate all these sort of weird goings-on that were happening. We would have clocks all stop in the house exactly the same time. Um, Our dog that we had at the time, uh, she would wake up at the same time I did, and she would be sitting shaking, looking at my bedroom door. Um, We had things move in the house. We used to have um, light bulbs smash quite regularly above my head. Um, so it was all very strange my friends were terrified some of them came for one sleepover and then never came back um but we all you know all of us experienced that in the house but I was extremely sensitive to it and so my mum called this medium in to investigate what was going on and I was 14 at the time Cassandra and he said to my mum it's your middle daughter Linda she's she's a medium and she's not using that gift they're coming here for her and I remember thinking at the time, that is the craziest load of nonsense I've ever heard in my life. You know, I was 14. I was wanting to be cool and wanting to fit in. And and at that time, I was going through a lot of bullying at school. So it was quite severe and I had to move schools. and And I honestly, in myself, was questioning, are these experiences something I'm manifesting through, you know, a decline in my own mental health? Is this my Emotional well being, trying to process some of the difficult things that I'm going through. So, even back then, I dismissed it. And it wasn't until my dad passed eight years ago that I ended up really opening up as a medium. So, um, you know, I spent most of my early adulthood in regular nine to five jobs in the corporate world. Um, This was not something that was on my mind, but it's certainly something that I had experience of as a child. Um, And I think, I think it's quite common among mediums.
1: Yeah, well, I can imagine it's something that, like you said, I think in our society is no help in this, that when we're having a spiritual awakening of any sort, whether it's opening up to um, mediumship, or it's just opening up to our own like psychic or intuitive gifts or being able to connect to angels or spirit guides. I remember like the first time I went into the Akashic Records, I also like the next day was like, have I lost it? Like, am I like, is this it? Like, have, is my mind gone, right? Am I on like a psychiatric path now? <laughs> um, and, and society of course is like, oh yes, let's take a pill to to get rid of that, right? um and so it takes a lot of like courage and bravery and i think also just being at that right moment in your life where you're like open to receiving that so i'm curious when your father passed what did it look like for you after like all of these years of kind of being like i don't know i might have this weird thing going on but like that's not who i want to be <laughs> um to being like okay I'm guessing it was first to try to connect with your dad. And then, secondly, to make that shift to be like, now I really want to help other people with this.
2: Yeah, well, actually, it was more like some of the things that you just um, touched on there um, that feeling that a psychic or um, awakening or a spiritual awakening um, very much coincides with a lot of the feelings and things you experience in psychosis. So, that feeling of thinking I was going crazy is um, definitely was the catalyst for it. I actually took ill about eight weeks after my dad passed. I think, Cassandra, I hadn't really processed, you know, watching him pass and and my own grief afterwards. I really didn't know how to face life. So I remember, I remember things like being at his funeral and and somebody saying to me, you do realize this isn't a wedding, Linda, because I was waving and smiling at people and welcoming people in. My grief was so like hidden inwards and I just wasn't addressing it. And then one evening, about eight weeks after he passed, uh, we were just sitting as a family having dinner. I'd made the dinner, took the dinner through to the dinner table. And I went to pick up my knife and fork and my hands um, twisted inwards the knife and fork fell out my hands and then tried to stand up and realised my legs weren't working um my speech started slurring i drooped over on the left side so i assumed i was having a stroke um cassandra that's what i thought it was so we rushed me down to hospital um and i was stuck like that for approximately three and a half weeks where I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk. Um, Both my feet were turned inwards. So when I tried to walk, they were crossing over each other. Um, My neck had swelled up almost double the size. Um, I looked just awful. I looked like I'd aged about 10 years in the space of a few weeks. Um, And I was diagnosed with a condition called functional neurological disorder which is basically when your your brain um, cannot process the amount of stress that you're under. And it really wasn't just my dad's passing, Cassandra, you know, the, the bullying throughout my early years had been severe and prolonged. Um, I then had um, my son, Blake, who's now 12, and he was very, very sick as a baby. Um, We almost lost him when he was about um, 14 months old. He had undiagnosed celiac disease and his major organs were starting to shut down. So we'd had that sort of period of real stress. Um, And then the financial stress that that put on us with me having to give up work to be a full-time carer for Blake in those first few years of his life. So we'd had I'd had a lot of stress, and I felt like I was already standing on this cliff edge, ready to be pushed off. And so, my dad's passing was really the the nudge that tipped me over the edge. So all of that stress that I'd been carrying and hadn't been processing and all the people pleasing habits that I'd developed um, throughout my life, where I was bending and flexing and trying to be everything to everyone and not really being my true self. And I think that was deeply rooted in the bullying experience where I had this real desire to be liked, um, but also a real underlying fear that nobody liked me. So lots of emotional stuff going on. So um, the, the doctors explained it like, yeah, my body looks broken and it looks like I've had a stroke, but the hardware of my body's fine. It's the software of my mind that is broken. So I was told it would take about a year of extensive physiotherapy, of counselling, of medication to be able to walk and talk normally again. And two of my friends who I'd been teaching them social media at that point, I had a, a little social media sort of business group for women after the success of my own um, platform and two of them were healers um, and I wasn't even really sure what they did Cassandra at the time but they offered to come out to the house and give me a healing session and see if that would help and I remember so clearly them arriving at the door and me feeling really embarrassed that I couldn't walk without crutches, I couldn't make them you know tea which you know when you're in Scotland if you've got somebody coming to your house you want to make them tea and um, they did an hour of healing one was a bioenergy healer so she used um, almost like a a plug-in torch it was like an electric torch that had a huge crystal on one end and colored discs that slipped in and between it to shine different light um, on your body so um, she done that to clear my energy field and the other one is a channel who channels beings from another dimension and this was all out with my comfort zone so entirely, Cassandra. I did not believe in any of it. And they cured me of all 17 physical symptoms that I had without touching me in that hour. It changed Whoa. my life. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Um, it changed my life, it changed my perspective on things but it was almost like they'd taken away all the stresses everything I'd shoved down within my body for years and because of that I became like this super clear channel for spirit and in the first few weeks it was so disorientating it was um, another added level of stress that I felt I was going through at the time you know I'd had be, be in a supermarket and I think I know something about that person I know what they do for a living I know their mother's just passed I know their dad's name's Brian. I mean, it was just, I didn't know how to switch it off. Um, So I went into this period of about four weeks where I couldn't sleep. (laughs) Um, I didn't know how to handle all of this. And I remember even phoning these two healers and and sort of screaming at them what have you done to me I'm now crazy like my body was broken but now I'm mentally unstable I don't know who I am anymore (laughs) (laughs) so I I found by chance um, a woman that helped me and became my mentor in the beginning and she owned a little crystal shop locally and I went in there with my daughter, and my daughter at the time said to me, Mum, please don't be weird when we go in here. <laughs> and I asked a woman for a crystal that would help me, and, and then I said, actually, I think I'm maybe here for something else. I think I'm maybe supposed to connect with you. And, you know, my daughter's rolling her eyes, and, and this woman said to me, I think you are. Come back here on Monday night at 730 thirty." And I had no idea what I was going to. I had no idea what I was showing up for. But it turned out she had a little room up the stairs in her shop where she held like a spiritual circle on a Monday night. So I met with other people that were going through spiritual awakenings, that were opening up to their intuitive gifts. Um, We practiced group meditation. We practiced closing all that off when we needed to and learning how to open it up when we wanted to. And then we explored lots of spiritual tools, tarot cards, crystals, energy healing. Um, and interestingly, the only thing I resisted, Cassandra, was every time mediumship was mentioned. I initially uh-huh. said, no, thank you. I'm not a medium. No, thank you.
0: <laughs> of
2: course. <laughs> okay, I think I was just reflecting back on my childhood experiences and, and feeling fearful of what that might look like.
1: But well, they also always say the thing that we resist the most is the thing that's most aligned with our soul's calling. You know, Absolutely. it's like there's part of us that knows deep down that like that's what we should do. So therefore, we're like the most terrified of it.
2: Absolutely, you know, uh,
1: they, they say
2: that you you um, the things that you're hiding from within yourself when you find the courage to face those is when you unlock a, a new sort of level of abundance in your life and. Um, that was certainly the case for me.
1: So, when did you used to come? When did you finally decide, like, okay, I've been fighting this, but I'm hearing well, about people's dead parents in the supermarket, so maybe there's something <laughs> going on. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, it, it was probably around uh, six six to eight months after that. I'd, I'd really taken. Um, a fascination to Tarot and I found it extremely helpful in my own healing journey because I was still healing at that point and I was still I then had the ability to process all the emotions that i shut down for years so um, Tarot became a, a real lifeline for me because you know, a lot of people think of them as a sort of woo-woo tool. But for me, they're sort of 80% psychology. And um, when we tap into them, they can really highlight common behaviours that we all have, common thoughts, common feelings. And there's a system there that shows you how to move forward with your life. Um, Obviously, there's like 20% magic in there. We've got to still have the magic in life. Um, And around that time when I was really like, feeling very confident with tarot, I seen a local advert looking for staff in a psychic cafe here in Scotland. And so I replied to the ad and I said, look, I'm not a medium, but I'm a tarot reader. I can come in and give tarot readings and I thought it would just be a way of, you know, just further expanding that knowledge of tarot and getting people to practice on. And when I met the owner of the shop, um we had a little interview and and she said to me, Linda, you're a medium if ever I met one. Now <laughs> yeah, <maybe a> <laughs> that um,
0: protect
1: too
2: much. That was it. <laughs> and so I started working in there. Within three days, I was unleashed. <laughs> um, I was working alongside other mediums. And it was the first time in my life, Cassandra, I was surrounded by people who viewed and felt and experienced life in the same way as I did. So it normalized everything. And I think for anybody that's listening that is going on a spiritual journey that's awakening those gifts in their self, um, finding a community of like-minded people who are moving through a similar journey is so crucial to your development and to opening up all those um, senses further. Um, so within within weeks I was given Uh, mediumship readings. And I stayed in that cafe for nearly two years. Um, I did tea leaf readings, tarot readings, um, readings with nothing at all and just relying on mediumship, Uh, psychic readings, a whole lot of stuff. And I think in those first two years, Cassandra, I read for around 2000 people. It was a lot of people.
1: Now, can I ask you, did you have, because I know when I coach when I coach women and they're like trying to start off whether they're doing tarot reading or psychic or whatever kind of business where they're utilizing their gifts. Um, in the beginning, there's usually this like fear of like, what if I'm not good enough to be charging yet? Right. When they're still flexing that muscle, how do you think, did you have any feelings of that? while you were, when you first started at the cafe or was it kind of like, um, do you feel like your proficiency in the tarot helped you kind of be like no matter what I know I can give them a good tarot reading and then if something else comes in great do you think that helped you Definitely helped tarot was in the beginning my sort of um
2: safety blanket <laughs> that was the thing I could turn to and know that I could deliver something helpful to to people that were coming in there um but I guess I i mean like everybody else I think when we move into being entrepreneurial and what we're offering is a service that we offer that feeling of not being good enough well, what if I can't perform what if I can't give this client what they're paying for what if I'm not good enough at this I think that feeling of imposter syndrome and also tall poppy syndrome we sort of when we're working alongside others we don't want to stand out as the one that's really like making strides ahead so I was caught in that place for a little while Um monetary wise um, it, it was working for minimum wage so the, the, I was there for the experience it was a conscious choice I had made that if I'm going to do this I want to read for a huge amount of people I think it's just part of my nature Cassandra um It's not necessarily that I'm competitive with others, but I'm competitive with myself. You know, as a a youngster, I was a competitive ice skater. Um, I was Scottish junior champion by the time I was 13. I'm very, you know, determined that if I'm going to do something, I want to try and become the best at it. Because even if I fall short of that, then I'm still going to be good at what I do so I always strive to sort of push myself but it's just me being in competition with myself seeing how much I can tap into my potential um so there was an element of that and it was once I realized that I felt like I was outgrowing the space and the way I felt that was when you're working locally and you're seeing local people coming in and um, you're not really being exposed to people with different lifestyles, different religions, different backgrounds, different cultures from your own. And I felt like that was the next level for me to really expand and, you know, read for people from all around the world so that I could again challenge my, myself in my mediumship.
1: But I love that. I love that I did a very similar thing when I started out my coaching business. I didn't have the, I mean, I would have loved to be in a situation like that where it was like in like a little kind of group where I was could show up and get paid minimum wage or whatever it was. Because my version of that was, I think my session started at like 25 bucks, you know, where I just did them super cheap because I wanted similar to like what you said. And I, I really encourage clients who are in that early, early stage. Um, I think there's something, there's nothing as powerful as like real life experience. And, For me, and I bet similar for you, like the fact you're only making minimum wage, right? Uh, On some level, it takes a little bit of the pressure off, right? Because you're like, okay, like I'm not getting paid like a ton of money for this. So it's fine. And that's how I felt about like my $25. Same thing, just like you, I wanted to give them the best because that's just who I am. And I wanted it to be amazing because of that, not because of what they are paying me. But I think with all of our gifts, And kind of like you were saying, it's like, it's one thing to tap into our gifts when we're just by ourselves with a few spiritual girlfriends, right? And then like, you really flex those muscles when you start talking to strangers, right? When you start doing that and just, there's nothing, I don't think that there's anything that can compare to just, like you were saying, like having that quantity and having like the continual practice and like flexing those muscles and that I think also just builds so much self-worth and self-esteem in that area in such an organic way because it's like there's a it's just like a quiet deep knowing of like i have helped hundreds of people i know that i you know that this is valid so i love that um and i'm curious how has the way that because as someone that's done knows what your method is like right now, where, you know, when you book a session with Linda, she still doesn't or you book a medium session. I know you can do other sessions with they you. I can know. do tarot only as
2: well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but like if you book a medium session with me, which is why I'm always because I'm always like I'm always tempted to book another session, but I'm like, well, I never want to miss an opportunity to talk to my grandma. So <laughs> but she always starts off with some tarot. Um, which I love because I feel like we're already in that like sacred space. And so you get some guidance from spirit and, you know, from her own psychic abilities. And then at a certain time, it kind of also, I think opens the, the energy and opens the space so that whatever loved one that wants to pop in can pop in. What is, has that kind of been your method for a bit now? Or how did that, like that choice to be like, this is how I like to hold this space. How did, you know, you choose kind of that method?
2: Yeah, I guess it was just through the way that I find mediumship works with me. Like you were saying, I use that, we choose a few tarot cards to to just build the energy and get things started. Um, And it's really just being familiar with the way that spirit connects with me. And for anybody that's developing those skills, it is really important to have those life experiences under your belt and to to meet with a lot of people and read for a lot of people, mainly so that you understand how mediumship lands with you as the reader, as the medium, Um, because, you know, it's different for everybody. So we don't have a blueprint, there's no exact science, it doesn't land the same for everybody. And so for me, I like to create that sacred space and that just gives me 10 minutes or so. But while I'm reading those cards, what I'm actually doing in my mind, you know, is calling in that person's team from spirit. And I'm giving them a chance to sort of gather. And that's where I then know, once we connect with spirit, if we've got one person, if we've got four people, who they are, it gives me a chance to just familiarize myself with their energy and the way they're coming through to me. Um, And then from that the mediumship stays very, very open. And every single person in spirit communicates differently, Cassandra, the same as we all communicate differently here. So we're really then tapping into all five clear senses where I'm just explaining what I'm hearing, feeling, seeing, sensing that comes through. And I'm always looking for those validations that we spoke about at the very beginning first. It's really important for anybody going for a reading that they're not just told hey i have your grandmother here she wants you to know this how do we know it's your grandmother you know there's a certain level of skepticism that i think is healthy for even the reader to keep because it makes sure we're looking for those validations we're looking for that evidence that we're with that person in spirit before we then pass on any messages
1: oh for sure and i think it's also you know because there's because of the way sometimes I think people can in come in or people feel different energies, right? Like, it's like, which grandmother is it, right? Or is it a great grandmother exactly. that maybe just has grandmother energy, you know, and then it gives you, you know, it helps you kind of drill down to which, you know, sometimes you come in and, you know, if you're like me and I have an intention of one um, person that I want to connect to, but. But also, I try to keep it open, and I've through the journey of connecting with my grandmother. I've gotten to talk to my grandfather, who I never met in real life. I've gotten to meet, you know, my my grandmother on my father's side, and there's been all different kinds of people that have come in um, on that. So, but now I want to get to some like messages from spirit because I feel like what a incredible privilege to be this conduit right and to be a witness to hundreds of sessions where you're connecting with all different kinds of you know people in spirit are there certain messages that you find consistently come through when people are connecting to their loved ones in spirit
2: yeah there's there's definitely when we look at The amount of readings I've done, Cassandra, I feel like I'm in a very privileged position in terms of being able to analyse a lot of information. I've done roughly about 8,000 readings now, so it's a lot of information. So we can see patterns and we can see similar messages coming through from completely different types of people. Um, You know, not just the people in spirit, but the people I read for. um, You know, we have... People from all around the world, all different backgrounds, all different cultures. I also read for really high profile people that are very successful and known to the public. And what the theme there is, is that that being yourself and finding courage to go for things that are important in your life comes through a lot really um for me it's helped me redefine what success looks like and i know the people that follow you you know and 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 join in with um your sort of teachings on abundance and how we attract success into our life sometimes we're so quick to um you know judge that on the monetary things the bigger house the bigger car the better job the bigger pay rise but there's so many little details that come through from spirit joyful moments moments that they cherish just memories that they cherish with people um feeling you know freedom to express themselves or be themselves um and also forgiveness is a huge one that comes up quite often i i think one of the biggest ways that mediumship can comfort some people that are really stuck with their grief is quite often they're holding on to some level of guilt, normally survivor's guilt of some sort, no matter what the relationship was to the person in spirit. And we quite often get messages there that, hey, I'm fine, you did what you needed to do and you did as much as you can and I know you you tried your best. And so we get these real messages that can allow people to let go of the things that they are really trapped in their grief about. Um, but yes, yeah, some lovely things. There's there's a few examples that um, that really stand out, and they're always the, the silliest of things, Cassandra. It's never like really big things. Um, I had one lady who her husband had passed, and they'd they'd been married for over fifty years, and she was just really feeling lost, navigating life without him. And I think he'd been in spirit for about three years by the time that she spoke to me. And one of the things that came through was a vision of her in her house sitting on this blue velvet sofa it was like a bright blue velvet sofa and so i asked her about it i said he's shown me this blue velvet sofa and you sitting on it i can see you quite happy drinking your tea you look so relaxed i said is this something you've got in your house and she immediately started crying and said i've looked at that sofa now for six weeks and every time i see it i think my husband wouldn't have liked that and I said, well, I think this is him showing me that you should buy that blue sofa. You know, life's too <laughs> to go and get that sofa. He is still, you know, he was shown that he was still bearing witness to some things that she was doing in her life. And that is really important when we can get communication from spirit that looks like that, even though it feels something trivial, just that she's yeah. been thinking about this blue sofa. The fact that he was able to project that image into my mind from spirit that I was able to convey, let her know, hey, he's still around me. He's still witnessing some of the things that are happening in my life. And again, that that can really help people um, move through their grief, knowing that that person is just out of sight. They're still around.
1: I think that really helped me a lot with my, you know, like you brought up with the forgiveness too. I remember we did a session and you, I didn't even told you because I also try to like keep it under wraps and just see what comes up during the session. And we've done enough sessions now that like, we can i think we've evolved where i i kind of you know can like now ask my grandmother questions about things and stuff because i know that you know they have a good connection um linda and my grandmother but but i had been not sleeping because i was feeling so guilty of uh the january um before the pandemic i was supposed to go visit my grandma for a few days while my parents were traveling and i had agreed to it And then last minute, I just totally spazzed. I spazzed on like one, like the flights were over $1,000 to the East Coast. So I was like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. I think it was $1,000 each way. And then I got asked to do a speaking engagement during it in LA that I thought was going to be a big thing. And my grandma was always so chill, like, no, like work first. You know, she's a Capricorn. She like totally understood my like you know, desires for work. She was like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm fine. It's really like not a big deal, you know, but, and at the time, you know, I was really torn up about it and I regretted it, but both my parents also really encouraged me. They're like, don't worry. Like grandma's not going anywhere. There'll be plenty of time, like come in April when it's a better week. It's not a big deal. Right. Little did we know it was going to go into a pandemic and then she would pass and I would never get to see her. Um, and I That like ravaged me for a while after she passed, like just literally hating myself so deeply for making that call. And I didn't even said anything to you about it. And you at one point during the sessions were like, your grandma wants to let you know that like she knew that you did what you had to do and like she was totally okay with you doing the work thing and it's like really wasn't a big deal you know like and i forgot you know it was something along those lines i don't remember exactly but i was like Ooh. <laughs> right <laughs> like and it affirmed like two things one I knew that, I mean, that's how my grandma was when she was alive. Like she didn't need, even need to ascend to spirit to have that attitude. She was all already very like in a higher perspective. But, But also just the fact that you had said that to me affirmed that my grandma could also feel or see or was around what I was going through as well. Which I think when we lose someone is the, for me, one of the biggest things was like, you know, she was my main person that I would consult about everything in my life. Like she was like my number one advisor, you know. And so what's been really beautiful, you know, through your sessions was the fact that I've gotten to get a little bit of that back. And I've gotten to see how she still very much can you know guide me and assist me and and a lot of times even surprise me because I don't even have to bring it up and you already tell me i know you've been thinking about this go for it or <laughs> don't go whatever it is um which yeah it's such a gift it's it's just such a gift and so how has you know how has what you it's just having this, this, for me, I'm not even a medium like you, but I, have through our sessions, it's shifted the way I think about the spirit world, and how much we can interact with the spirit world. And so, so many questions, so many questions. Well, first off, when, <laughs> first off, How soon after someone passes do you feel like you can communicate with them? Like, let's just talk about that first.
2: So this is something that I um, was really challenged to change my thinking of um, in the cafe that I worked in because people didn't need to book. You know, some people booked tables. Other people just walked in off the street and sat down at a table and they'd have a tea and, and a reading. Um, and quite often we would find people would come in there when somebody had just passed the day before, they hadn't even processed it, they hadn't, you know, um arranged a funeral yet, and those people would come through in the same way that somebody that's been in spirit from for 10 years would come through. So I really, really shifted my perspective on that because I personally had this assumption, and it is just an assumption, but I thought maybe people need to get settled in the spirit world before and maybe they need to adjust to not having a physical body maybe it takes a little bit of time for that communication to happen but what i've seen is it happens almost instantaneously that we can have that communication we're we're only losing our physical body we're not losing the energy that vitality for life that is within us so that part of us that consciousness moves over into the spirit world and it's that conscious energy that we're communicating with when we're doing mediumship so I have experienced it many many times where um, it's almost been immediately afterwards.
1: Wow and have you gathered any information about what that kind of like transitional from physical body death to spirit only you know, transition, how does that happen from what you've heard or experienced? So
2: some of that, again, I've been able to really ponder some of those bigger life questions that we all, anybody that's interested in any sort of spirituality has. Um, And again, it's through looking at patterns and sequences through the volume of readings and looking where we've got similar things that we can make an educated, um, you know, decision on certain things. We're never ever gonna know for sure what happens but we can look at these patterns and so one of the one of the first things is you know like you were saying about me being able to say to you your grandmother knows about the work thing she knew you couldn't be there when she passed she's absolutely fine with it she would always support you in creating your own life and that was what was meaningful to her at that time i have had so many examples of that where the person that's passing is experiencing the energy of people who are not present as if they're in the room. So, even though you were away working, your grandmother's energy would have been starting to transition out that body. So, it feels like we've got this place where we're between two worlds and. We're seeing the other, we're seeing the spirit world, but we're still here in our physical body. And when we're like that, we don't have, you know, that sort of monkey mind that we have that tells us things aren't possible, that you can't do this, you can't do that. We're really then just energy connecting with other energy. So your grandmother would have been able to put out a sort of antenna, if you like, if you think about it as having like a radio antenna and we can tune into other people's energy. She would have picked up on all the energy of all the people she loved, all the people that were sending her healing thoughts, kind thoughts, wishing her a peaceful passing. She would have felt your energy as if you were in that room, even though you're miles away and somewhere else. So that was the first thing that I've I've became sort of certain about in my own mind is that we are in that place of being between two worlds before we transition I also witnessed that with my dad's passing, Cassandra, and um, so I've seen it with my own eyes. And my sister was also there, my younger sister was with me. And it was just us two with my dad. My older sister had just started a three week sort of dream holiday in America. So she was not in Scotland when he passed. Um, But me and my sister watched him sit up in bed and wave to people. and smile at people and both of us felt like the room suddenly got busy now i was not a medium then my sister's not a medium but there was this feeling like the room suddenly got crowded and it was the look on his face it was people he recognized there was a real look of going from being in intense pain to this feeling of complete joy come over him and him waving so i've seen that i've seen that being able to see into the spirit world and loved ones from the spirit world coming to greet you as you pass over Wow! so these are some of the sort of bigger things that i think about um in terms of how people experience life it feels more to me on the other side like almost like we've got an alternate reality running alongside ours i don't see the spirit world as being like this place that you know, we might call heaven that's somewhere separate from us and up above the clouds somewhere filled with light. For me, it's like we've just got a thin sheet of paper and we're here and the spirit world is there and so their energy can be felt all around us when we really take time to be present and slow down and step away from the busyness of the outside world and the busyness of our mind we can quite often tap into that and feel the presence of our loved ones and you don't need to be a medium to do that we just need to find that place of peace and calm and stillness within us
1: i love that and i both of the two things you mentioned, my brother in law, his, his mother is a hospice nurse has been hospice nurse for like 20 something years. And I spoke to her at um, a family party. And she's not like us at all. Like she's not into any of this stuff. Um, Very, just like, I don't know, normal person. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Lovely woman, lovely woman, but like not, you know, not into this. And I asked her, you know, I told her, I was like, I'm into all this stuff. And I was like, I'm so curious because uh, she knew that my grandma had passed. And I was like, I've been doing all this reading and medium sessions and all this stuff. And she said, over all of her years, Almost every single person that she's watched as they make their transition right before they do starts talking to family members in the room, will start like saying people and she's like, so now she was like, I don't even question it. Like I know, she's like, I don't know about a lot of things, but I know for sure we start seeing loved ones, you know, as that transitions happening, and it brings us comfort. And, you know, I'll hear some of them talking and be like, Oh, did you know, my mother was just here, you know, da da, da. and, you know, we kind of know that now that they're in that certain stage of passing, and they're probably going to go within the next, you know, 2448, like they're very close to passing when that starts happening. And I thought that was just, you know, so amazing, like from someone that's like really not, you know, not like me or you tapped into all this stuff, but just sees it from a very like clinical perspective of like, this is just how the death process goes, right? And, um, and then secondly, we were talking about that when my grandma was passing, I actually had one of my most mystical experiences because I was sitting in meditation, I had said goodbye to her on FaceTime, and I knew that they were going to let her because she was being kept alive on a BiPAP machine and they were that was against her instructions of what she wanted and so they were going to let her peacefully pass and so I knew the portal was there and I just like stayed in meditation I was at first I was chanting and then I started this. I was like no um this was actually my husband's really cute idea to start listening to her favorite songs from the fifties. Like she loved Elvis. So I started putting on like all these songs that she used to love. And I was just like meditating and singing them. And like instantly I felt like my hands raising and I felt like I, I could see her like lifting off of her hospital bed and like holding my hands. And I was kind of like, helping guide her up and I was like, Grandma, do you, you know, I can feel the angels. Can you feel the angels? And she was like, Yes. And then at one point, you know, I felt her lift away and my hands like dropped down. And, you know, I heard her voice like clear as day, like, Cass, it's it's even better than we've imagined. You know, because me and my grandma talked a lot about stuff like that and believed in angels and, you know, we're really all into that stuff. And she was just like, it's even better than we thought. Um and so I think it's so powerful. And you I, there's so many stories of people having powerful moments like that when someone is crossing the threshold. I think Gabby Bernstein also shares a story about this where she had an experience when someone close to her was passing where she was like in the middle of like about going to like, you know, do a work thing. And she just got this feeling like, I don't know, I just need to like stop and meditate right now. Like right now. And she was like, it was so weird that I was like not even going to question it. I'm just going to stop and they can just tell them I'll be a little bit late. And then she did it and then she you know felt something moving. She wasn't sure exactly what was going through. And then after she felt complete with whatever it was, um her mom called and was like, "Oh, your grandmother just passed, right?" And it was almost like in that moment that soul was just saying, hey, I need you to. Can you be here for this, right? I'm um, so magical. Um, Absolutely.
2: And, you know, that's that's a lovely example that we could, I guess, ask the question in the same way that we, when we sit down and do mediumship, we send that intention out for our loved ones to to come close. I wonder if those that are going to spirit world, uh, going to the spirit world, are able to send that same intention down to us, and it makes us stop and we realise. Then he does in this moment in the same way that we ask for signs from them I, I think it's very much a, a two-way um
1: thing that I, we th- I think forward I think for sure I think for sure um in that moment I think you I don't know actually I'll ask you do you feel like based on what you've heard from Spirit, do you feel like we kind of choose our passing or choose how that happens and how it goes down? Or do you think we kind of make the most of however it happens?
2: I think we make the most of however it happens. And I guess the reason that I've come to that, it's very, very difficult when you experience people that have had what we, the witnesses to it, feel are a very traumatic passing, or it's somebody extremely young, or where somebody's lost their child, it's extremely hard for me to find validation in that. I think it's a very human thing for us to do, to assume, well, they must have chosen that before they came in. And it makes us feel comfortable, but I think it's us that are being comforted rather than the person in spirit. The way I see it is that if if we are having any sort of traumatic experience, um, in our physical body when we pass, you imagine your angels, your guides, your loved ones and spirit coming in and swooping your soul out of that body. So it might look physically traumatic to us, it might look like they're in a lot of pain, um, but even in really difficult circumstances, I think the soul makes that transition. Um, you know, the majority of it, if we think 90% of the soul has already started to go over there. Yeah. Um, so I I don't think there's an element, and I have I've questioned that a lot, Cassandra. And I'm always open to having flexibility around my thoughts and my belief systems. That you know, I'm I've still got a long way to go with my mediumship journey. There's still other things I want to challenge myself with, and making sort of firm thoughts in my head around some of these big questions is certainly something I want to work towards getting more clarity on but that for me feels like I I don't think we all choose our passing I don't think we come in here with an agreed date and time and way that we're going to pass
1: do you feel like have you connected with people in spirit that you know are not at peace with how they pass
2: no Okay never it is something no matter how traumatic, whether it's um you know a car crash, whether it's something um you know really really difficult and it, with that amount of reasons I've, I've had so many causes of of death um present it's it's quite often one of the the last things the person has experienced and it's a really good validation if they can just confirm how they passed when they connect with mediumship. It's a great validation to to Confirm we've got their energy, so you know, there's been some really bizarre ones, or more not bizarre but less common. You know, people being crushed by a fallen tree. Um, I've had people that have you know drowned, people that have lost their lives in a fire. There's been so many different ways. I've, I've also, um, you know, connected with a lot of people who have died by suicide or have died by homicide and it's somebody else has taken their life and these are all things that we would feel we must struggle with on the other side to make peace with that and in fact they don't they're at peace the minute they are in the spirit world
1: wow and does that do do you feel that they have that the same peace that you experience about how they passed Do you feel like they have peace around how they live their life or does it ever come up that the person in the spirit world has regrets or wishes they did certain things differently?
2: Yeah. So I don't think they necessarily have regrets. Again, it's a very human in your body sort of feeling to have regrets. It's generated by our thoughts and our mind and so many sort of influences, but I have, Um, experience lots and lots of times, Cassandra, where I feel people are showing me that they are going through a life review. So almost like they're seeing their life play out as a very quick movie flashing in front of them once they get to the spirit world. And I do think the soul continues to grow and learn and evolve in spirit. And part of that is reflecting, but without judgment, without regret, just with, you know, a clean sort of state of mind, Um, looking at their life choices. And I think they all review the same three major things. I think they ask, did I give out enough love? Did I receive enough love? And did I express myself fully? These are the three common factors I see being reviewed in life reviews through Things that I'm picking up on in spirit, memories that are recalled. You know, this is not just me sort of um, guessing what goes on, it's through people like sharing you know that they they ended up working in a bank but they held this long dream to become a dancer and they you know there's a feeling that how different their life might have been if they'd had the confidence to pursue that or you know the resources that they needed to pursue that and how their lives may have played out very differently Um, but we see it a lot that feeling of expressing ourself I think one of the main things that that is our purpose here we're so caught up with purpose being around our career and what we're supposed to be doing for a living but for me purpose is just being authentic it's about getting to know yourself and then expressing yourself without apology without limiting beliefs whether it's your creative way you express yourself whether it's what you choose to do in your career but you you do it with your own flair and your own style and your own you make your own impact in the world so these are things I check in with myself often and I think that is the three areas that the the people in spirit um, can really shed some light on uh, to the people that are here living
1: I love that are you giving love are you receiving love are you expressing yourself and that. You know, since my grandmother passed, that has been one of the things that's been so potent and so powerfully coming through. Is that last one of? I think it's been just like just so like almost like in my face about how I really do feel and shifted some of my offerings and how I talk about things and and all, how I live my life is that our sole purpose is expressing ourselves right and that's like at the end of the day it's like when my time on earth is over whenever that number may be called have did I express myself fully in the time I had did I throw it all out there and whatever that looks like in our lives whether it's you know for some people that might be telling people in their life how much they love them or how they feel right for someone else or someone like me it's also like what did I create for the world right because it's how I like to express myself too or you know did I explore all those interests and hobbies and you know I think that's one of the who was I don't know if I was reading or I can't even remember if I was reading or meditating or however it came through but one of the things that came through the other day I was like not sleeping the other night to like 4am. So I was like, Oh, I'm having a psychic intervention. Um, but what came through was how like, when we're out of this world, the things that we'll miss will be so much simpler than we're thinking like the the feeling of like, a, like eating a freshly baked cookie, right? Or cuddling on the couch with your dog, or, you know, these like kind of very like tactile, like the a cool fall breeze on your face with a nice tea as you're walking or whatnot, right? Those will be the things that you'll actually look back and wish you enjoyed more. Yeah.
2: And I think, you know, those are the type of things that we see, even people who are not in the spirit world, people who are reaching old age, you know, they—they they are the things that they miss. Their body being able to dance freely, maybe being able to run fast across a field. You know, I think we're we're here as a soul, but we've been given this body to experience those things, to experience touch, to experience movement, and is part of creating. Um, you know, that life that is abundant and joyful is expressing yourself in that way, um, as well as creatively. So yeah, it's. Um, interesting to
1: think about you know speaking of that and i know we're over timing. i could talk to you forever but well <laughs> this would be a good like i think round out <laughs> question so being someone that i know personally like understands kind of like manifestation and law of attraction and kind of how all of that works do you get any affirmations or insights around that from spirit or have you gotten affirmations or or even other viewpoints on like things like you know do we have it wrong on you know certain things around manifesting or attracting abundance or all of that or do you get any affirmations when you're talking to them who have kind of the much higher you know divine perspective on it yeah.
2: I guess it comes back to those three things I was saying are important in the life of you because when we check in and ask ourselves that those three things are key to unlocking abundance in our life and I also don't think there's anything wrong with manifesting material things and wealth. And, you know, it's sometimes a taboo subject when we're in spiritual circles that we shouldn't talk about that. But I hear so many people in spirit coming forward and like showing me their favorite green Jaguar that they had, this fancy car. and You know, that was a pride and joy. They loved it. It brought them joy. It was a material object that cost a lot of money but it brought them so much love and joy and so there's nothing wrong with combining those two things but if we ask ourselves those three questions it sh- it shows us how we unlock that level of abundance in our life yeah. you know did i did i give out enough love today we know one of the basic law of attraction is what we give out we get back and you know abundance is about having all of the good things all of the, the time Whether it's material, whether it's a feeling, whether it's a creative flow of energy, that's what we're looking at in abundance. That feeling of joy and, you know, that vitality for life. So if we're giving out love, if we're doing good in the world, if we are giving of ourselves and service in some way to others, it will return to us. We also then need to look at whether we are receiving enough love. And, you know, there's lots of telltale things that we can look at that are very simple to check in with ourselves. Have I created a big enough container in my energy field to receive all of this good that I'm trying to call in? If we're finding ourselves, you know, deflecting um, compliments, for example, somebody says to you, I love the way your hair looks today. You say, oh, don't don't be silly. It's a mess. I hate my hair today. Like, that's a huge red flag there that you are not open to receiving love. it it, we we need to be receiving that we need to be receiving that um flow of good energy towards us and we need to just see it as expanding in our energy field
1: and even like love and blessings i would add to that right like one of the things that we just did this past weekend i did this Fall of abundance challenge and whenever i do anything around manifesting or whatnot one of the things i get everybody in the habit off of the gate of is like we're celebrating everything right? So if you found a quarter today, I want you to tell me about it. We're celebrating. That's a quarter you didn't have that just came to you, right? If you got a free coffee at the cafe today, like, and it's true, it's kind of like what you were saying with the compliment is that oftentimes it's not that we're not receiving. It's actually that either we're deflecting or just not, we're not fully accepting it by really looking at it for what it is. Like, wow, like, this person, you know, took five minutes didn't need to to compliment my hair today, right to bring give me a little boost of light, right? You know, the person at the grocery store, you know, helped carry my bag, you know, to my car, because they saw I was overloaded, right? That's a blessing, right? And the more that we attune to that, and I love how you talk about the container, because I'm a huge advocate for that, too. It's like, Am I an open container? Am I receiving it? Because abundance and manifestation, it is a flow. It's a way of being in the world that is like, I give out naturally. I am the person too that like will be like, hey, put the guys behind me coffee on me, right? Or like, hey, I see, you know, a mom struggling with like a dog and three little kids. Like, let me carry your groceries to the car, right? And being a very like, you know non-threatening looking woman (laughs) you know often they'll be like okay you know um but like so it's like we get to participate in both sides of that scale and then when we're when we start doing that on the micro then it also happens on the mic on on the macro you know as far as like with other things
2: sometimes cassandra we're just even not noticing those those things you know life is so busy we're so just there's so many things that can distract us you know, half the time we're, we're trying to keep up with the rest of the world. We're scrolling on social media. We're trying to be everything to everyone. So mindfulness is a really key tool to expand in that container. Um, and I thought I'd share with you, just when you were talking about being the one that goes and does the good deeds. <laughs> when I first realized this, it was during my sort of spiritual awakening when I realized that this is a big part of it, am I giving out enough love? Am you know, I going out there and doing good things for others? I um, created, I guess, a product. Um, it was little bracelets and things that I'd made, bracelets and necklaces and Mindful Wishes originally, before the sort of real spiritual awakening, I had a line of mindful jewelry, and that's why I'm known as Mindful Wishes on social media and i made these little cards with bracelets and they all had messages inside that said things like you're enough just as you are the universe is grateful to have you in it um and i called them gratitude bombs and i used to go out armed with like 20 of these cards that i'd made with all these handmade bracelets and just give them to random strangers and i had so many experiences cassandra where people. Would tell me oh my god I've just been having the worst day and you've just came along and you've just lifted my spirits you know it's it, it is humanity when we can show generosity and compassion to other people even if we take away abundance from it surely we should all be trying to make the lives of everyone around us better by just very simple Gestures. So yeah, I created a thing called gratitude bombs. Again, my kids I would start raving mad. They'd be like, Mom, (laughs) please don't go and talk to those strangers. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I did that. And then you know, if we look at that final part, did we express ourselves enough? Uh that just unlocks so much. The fear of success, the fear of being liked, the fear of not being enough, the the fear that we're somehow chasing this external validation from others cassandra and that's very much combined with being that container if we're lacking self-worth if we don't have the confidence to speak up and create what we want to create and voice our opinions and you know be who we want to be with all our quirks and our our silly antics and you know the things that make us us if we're hiding that how on earth are we supposed to be generating all the good that we are and, and bringing it back in if we're not you know sending that out as a frequency
1: absolutely absolutely everything is energy everything absolutely. is energy and absolutely. so when we're self expressing naturally we'll be drawn to the things that we just self-express for fun and also equally Things that might turn into a career might, you know, help us on our career journey on some level, right? Because, and then we're so much more successful in those areas, you know, when we're, when we're genuinely lit up about it, and it is part of our soul expression. And both of us are living proof of that, you know, that when you're, when you just keep following whatever your soul wants to express, like, you know, both of us kind of like fell into our careers through Apparently. our spiritual journey right and it's like you know let spirit take the wheel and like before one day you'll wake up and be like and i make a living on this exactly.
2: <laughs> um, you know it really i mean these sort of things they, they help continue to evolve our understanding of life because i really had resigned myself to the fact that okay i'm pursuing this as a career i've got this really strong feeling this calling that not only is this what I should be doing. This is who I am. You know, I'm a medium, and I've not felt as free to express myself. I've not felt as much personal like contentment with who I am, than when I've sort of openly come out the spiritual closet and said, "This is who I am, and I don't care who doesn't like it. This is me." Um, but it's it's um really you know changed my thinking around all of this I thought I'd resign myself to being in service to others I'm never going to earn as much as I did in the corporate world you know I had a very good job a company car I even had a clothing allowance every month that I got to spend on suits and you know and um, I never thought I'd be able to let you know unlock that level of financial abundance by following what I feel is my calling and it's that's not true. Uh, The more that we lean into the things that we're curious about, the things that we feel are essentially who we are, the more um, abundance is unlocked on all levels, not just the material, but I've never had a job that's felt as meaningful and given me such joy. It's just joyful. I I speak to so many incredible people.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, on that note, Tell people, how can they find you? How can they reach you? um, What offerings do you have if they want to come spend more time with you after the podcast?
2: So, yeah, firstly, they can find me on social media. Uh, The name is Mindful Wishes on Instagram and Mindful Wishes with Linda Hughes on Facebook. Um, My website is where you can book all the services. It's mindfulwishes.blog. And there I offer different types of readings, so you can book a private reading, which is the one that incorporates the mediumship, um, or a tarot-only reading, which is perfect if you are seeking clarity on some area of your life, or you're moving through difficult circumstances, or even if you're going through some kind of spiritual awakening and you're just looking for, you know, your pathway forward. Um, those are the types of reading that are right for you. Um, I also access the sort of psychic side of myself along with tarot to give different seasonal readings at all the sort of equinox points in the year and right now people can book a 12-month year ahead reading which is like a a personalized guide for the next 12 months for 2024. And you don't need a, a Zoom reading. Um, everything else is done via Zoom online because of work all over the world. Um, but I record this um, reading for you by video, and it gets emailed out to you to be able to watch at the beginning of every month of 2024 to see what's coming up for you, where to place your energy. I Absolutely love doing those, um, Cassandra. Oh, that's um, such a people, fun one. You know, I like that. also find um, different workshops that I host on different spiritual topics. And also my mediumship development circle is on there where we try and meet roughly once a month. And we practice um, with exercises to develop the clear senses, um, the faculties of mediumship, how it works, and really give you a chance to explore that. I have guests come in. I think you've been a guest in one actually I, before. I have done it, Yeah. And, let the students practice with, um, you know, real people, so they're getting that experience that I was talking about in the beginning. So it's all on my website, Mindful I
1: love it. Definitely check out that last one if you've got. If you're like, oh, I feel like maybe I am a medium too, and I think Linda is just. I mean, I'm sure you already can tell by this uh, podcast, but I feel like she just has such warm, nourishing energy, and she's so wise, and it's just like a really beautiful container to help you sharpen those tools and and play with them and I when I was able to be a guest for that it, I was blown away um by all of the practice readings I got from everyone that was in her circle it was just it was incredible it's just so, this, such a lovely
2: community there of like-minded souls that all support each other on their journey it's just um just a beautiful space
1: well, I think it's great that you created it because it's so, it's so like you said, it's like being in community when you're developing those skills, right? When it feels like there's not a lot of people out there that are privy to what you're dealing with. And then also having that opportunity to have like new people come in that you get to know pressure, you know, that you know, you know, are just kind of volunteering to help the class or whatnot. Um, it gives them the opportunity to really, you know, build those skills. And I mean, they they were all rock stars, my, my group, at least, but (laughs) I will put all of those links below. So everything will be super easy for you to find. If you want to follow her on social media, book a service on the website. Um, if you do, let her know that I say hi. Um, <laughs> I'm, sure I'm, always, I'm always having sessions with Linda anyway. But um, thank you so much for being on, Linda. This was such a joy. You are such a gift. And I am so grateful that you're in my life and that I got to share you with my beautiful audience.
2: Thank you so much, Cassandra. It's been lovely to speak to you today. Thank you.